You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. You guys having a good Easter so far? Should we do it one more time? He's risen. Boom, there you go. Easter Sunday is a big Sunday for churches worldwide. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I know it's, it's, uh, it's a little subtle. Um, I've heard people say, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but I've heard people say that the Super Bowl, that Easter is the Super Bowl of Sundays. Isn't the Super Bowl already on a Sunday? Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, some churches start planning their Easter gatherings a year in advance because there are so many moving parts to keep straight. There are egg hunts happening, and Easter, day, Easter is a day where families across the world gather together to share a meal. Who's going to share some good food with some family today? Okay. And people will stress for weeks about the perfect Easter dinner. Not me, but other people. (laughs) Right? Easter is the day when people who would never normally wear fancy clothes go out of their way to plan coordinating outfits as a family, including hats. Right? (laughs) I was at a church in New York, and Easter hats were definitely a thing there, you know? And and so... uh, And you have got to have the perfect Easter family picture. Moms, am I right? Okay. And there's nothing wrong, I want you to hear me, there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's all well and good. But that's not why we gather today. Those things are all well and good. The, the media blitz, blitzes that, the, that churches do and the Easter egg hunts and the family dinners and the fancy clothes, that's all well and good, but that is not the reason why we gather today. As long as those things don't become more important than the Savior we came to celebrate today, right? Don't get caught up in the spectacle that culture has created around Easter when all those other things become the focus of Easter and we've really missed something. We've really missed something. But here's what I want to say today. We're not going to miss it in this house this morning. We've come to worship Jesus. We've come to celebrate that though he was crucified and dead in a tomb, he lives to this day. Let's focus on what truly matters today. That's what we celebrate at Easter, right? That Jesus is alive, right? We've been in this series called Easter Words, and we kind of have been playing on the popular game Wordle, a little bit, and uh, as you can see by our green and yellow, I would never choose those colors otherwise, <laughs> by the way. 
Um, <laughs> but we've been, we've been playing around with Easter words, and our teaching team has been talking uh, about, they, they've been taking the time to define some of the words that get thrown around in churches with the assumption that people already know what they mean, which sometimes they don't, right? And so we've been taking the time to define these words and talk about these words that come up. And uh, these words that we've been going through are deeply significant and rich with implication for the foundation of our faith, right? And we've gone through baptism, which we will have later today, which I'm super excited about. Uh, we've gone through baptism, we've gone through transfiguration, we've gone through crucifixion, and today's word is the most important of all of them. Today's word, fittingly, is resurrection. Resurrection. Now, I realize that saying this word is the most important for you to grab hold of is a bold statement. And you may have your doubts, but here's why I say that's the most important word. The word resurrection is what the entirety of the Christian faith is built upon. On the third day after his crucifixion, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to new life. Just like he told people he would. In fact, that's what resurrection means, raising from the dead. The Greek word used in the New Testament, uh, oh man, I'm going to butcher it, Eric. I practiced it, guys, for sure, so I could sound, anastasis, thank you, thank you, anastasis. I practiced it so I could sound smart, but then you guys, I let the cat out of the bag, so, all right. The Greek word used in the New Testament is anastasis. See, I sound, look at how smart I sound. Which is used a couple of different ways. The first one is like a raising up, a raising up, like out of a seat. Like when my boys mouth off to me one too many times, I anastasis out of my seat, right? Um, and uh, I raise up out of my seat. And the other way, the second definition is a raising from the dead. And when I say dead, I don't mean like a metaphorical death, like a metaphorical, like I mean a human person whose body has no life left in it, and their heart no longer beats, no air in their lungs, and all the life in this person as they knew it ceases to exist. Resurrection means from that state a new life begins. Blood being, begins to pump to the heart. Lungs fill with air. But in resurrection, the life just isn't restored. It's made new. It's made new, right? This is what we gather to celebrate today on Easter. And hopefully, Every time we gather, right? Not just on Easter, right? Because is Christ going to be risen tomorrow? Is he going to be risen the next day? Right? This is what we gather to celebrate. 
that Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, came to the earth fully man and fully God. He lived a perfect, sinless life, but selflessly went to the cross and died a sinner's death that belonged to you and me. And with His death, Jesus took everything that separated us from God, our sin and our shame. And He put them to death once and for all on the same cross that He gave His life on. Is that right? And three days after His brutal crucifixion, Jesus was raised from the dead into new life. And with His resurrection, He conquered death once and for all. And though Jesus' resurrection, and through Jesus' resurrection life, our life with God can be made new. With the same eternal life that Jesus now lives. That's what the resurrection means. And it is the foundation of our faith. If the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, then the whole of Christianity is a lie. Thankfully, the good news is true. But don't take my word for it, right? Let's read about it. Let's read about it. But before we do, let me set the scene. Matthew 27 describes... Uh, Jesus' horrific death on the cross. While Jesus' disciples scattered, some of the women who were a part of His following stayed with Him through every agonizing moment. Watching from a distance. Just faithful. Right? The Sabbath was coming. And no work could be done on the Sabbath. So that very evening, they took Jesus' lifeless body off the cross. A man named Joseph and some others wrapped Jesus' body in fine linen and placed it in a tomb that Joseph had actually bought for himself when he died. Right? Again, these women, these faithful women, were watching in the distance, right? Joseph and the others finished by rolling a heavy stone in front of the entrance of the tomb to make sure that no one stole the body of Jesus to claim that he was still alive. The Jewish leaders placed guards in front of the tomb and sealed the stone in place. And that tomb stayed still and guarded all through the Sabbath until early Sunday morning. And this is where resurrection life begins for us. Let's read Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. 
His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. When the angel spoke to the women, Do not be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was laying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you, as if they could forget. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. So let's think about this for a second. Let's pause right there and think about this. People watched Jesus die and give up his spirit on the cross. People watched um, People watched as he was on the cross. He gave up his spirit. They carried his lifeless body to the tomb where they wrapped his body in cloth. I want you to think about that for a moment because I feel like sometimes on Good Friday and Easter, we skip past that part. Like we don't think about that part. Think about people saw with their own eyes just like I'm seeing you now. People saw with their own eyes and touched with their own hands the body of Jesus after all the life had gone out of it. And yet, what did we just read in Matthew 28? The women who were so faithful to Jesus. And how countercultural was it at the time for the women to receive the message first that Jesus was alive. That's the kind of Savior we have. Is he sees everyone, no matter your status, and he values you just as you are. But these women were so faithful, they arrived at the tomb early in the morning, and the guards are still there. The tomb is still sealed. And suddenly, the ground begins to rumble and quake, Right? Not only did the women see with their own eyes this heavenly being appear, but the guards saw it too so much that they passed out. These burly guards fainted at the sight of this angel, right? I mean, I was going to make a joke about me being burly, but (laughs) never mind. I'm just going to leave it. I have fainted, though, by the way. (laughs) These guards fainted at the sight of this angel, right? 
And after the angel delivered the good news and sends the women on their way to deliver the message, right, to the disciples, on the way, what happened? Jesus met these faithful women and they saw him with their own eyes. And, and they touched him. The resurrected Jesus with their own hands. Right? And later in Galilee, Jesus' disciples would see him and they would touch him and they would eat with him and they saw and touched his nail scarred hands and feet. Jesus appeared to his followers many times on several different occasions after his death. The Apostle Paul notes in 1 Corinthians 15 that after his death, Jesus appeared to over 500 people at one time. And when Paul was writing this, he, he noted that many of these people were still alive. So why am I going on and on and on about this? And here's why. Because the whole of the Christian faith hinges on the fact that the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ happened on that day. People touched Him with their own hands and they saw Him with their own eyes. And we may not be able to see him with our own eyes right now. And we may not be able to touch his nail-scarred hands and feet, but before he ascended into heaven, Jesus commissioned his followers to be his hands and feet. To be his hands and feet upon the earth. And all of us who believe in Him will lay our eyes on Him one day when He returns. And He is going to return. And we will touch Him with our own hands because we will be in eternity with Him forever. So we need to live our lives like our King is still risen now. Every day, not just on Easter, not just on the, East, on the day that the church makes a spectacle, but every day the King is risen. And if Jesus is risen, we are risen. All of His followers, everyone who calls Christ Savior, calls upon Him as Savior, is risen with Christ. So church family, I want you to stand right now as we close the message in prayer. And uh, we're going to pray this prayer together. I would love it uh, if you would say the last part of this prayer with me, we have three separate sections. I'm going to pray, and then at the end of that portion of the prayer, we're going to say together, He is risen, I am risen, 
and then we're going to shout hallelujah. Okay? You with me? Instructions communicated effectively? Okay, here we go. All right. Put it up there, James. Let's pray together. Father God, thank You that You gave Your only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He is risen. I am risen. Hallelujah! Jesus, You are the living One. You were dead, and now look! You are alive forever and ever, and behold, you are making all things new. You are risen. I am risen. Hallelujah! Holy Spirit, thank you that you, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives in me today giving life to my mortal body. He is risen. I am risen. Hallelujah! Father, we thank You for this moment. We thank You that You gave Your only begotten Son your perfect, sinless Son. And that He came and dwelled among us. Lived a sinless life. And died my sinner's death. And because He is risen, I am risen. Hallelujah. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.